Welcome to East Hills Alliance Church. Real people experiencing real change because of a real Savior. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Good stuff. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, my name is Josh. If you are visiting with us this morning, either here or online, uh, we would love to have you uh, fill out a little welcome card in the chair pocket behind you, probably the easiest one to get to, or there's a link online just to uh, let us know you were here, let us know a little about you, um, and then we'll send you a gift to thank you for uh, coming and hanging out with us. Uh, Over the last, I guess, couple of months, we've been talking about stories. We've been talking about living a story, that the the way we live our life tells the people around us a story, and that we have some choice in the story that we tell. Specifically, we've been talking about how every person has two stories going on in their life at the same time, right? The story of the universe and the story of you. The story of the universe that God is writing and the story of your life that God is offering to co-write with you. That You have options and choices and God wants to help write a story of meaning in your life. So we actually want to then take some time, we should, as a response to this idea of telling a story of meaning and God being a co-author with us, we should want to get to know our co-author. This would be true, I would imagine, if you were writing any book with somebody else, any story, you would want to know the one you are writing the story with. So we want to get to know this God that we're writing our life story with. And as part of that effort, I'm really excited for something we're going to do this summer. We're going to spend the summer reading through the New Testament together as a church. Starting, I believe, June 1st, we're gonna read the New Testament in 90 days. There will be opportunities to uh, digitally converse about things that you're reading. Uh, We hope people, as they are comfortable and able, will get together and and have conversations uh, about what they're finding about God uh, in the New Testament. Uh, And our sermons this summer will all be based on what we all read together the week before so you can come to the sermon and go, that is not what I got out of that at all. What he really should be preaching about is blah, or whatever you want to do with that. So uh, that will be this summer. Uh, it raises a couple of questions for me. One would be, why are we talking about June already? Well, believe it or not, June is in 37 days, uh, unless you're a teacher, and then it's going to feel like 37 years. But... But it is only 37 days, so June is coming uh, fairly quickly. And then the other question is, why? Why would we decide that we want to take some time over the summer and read through Scripture together, besides the fact that it just sounds like a good churchy thing to do? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One is because it's just a really good story. The, the story in Scripture may not be written like your favorite novel, but it's, it's a really good story story. Uh, In one of the letters that makes up the New Testament, written by Paul to uh, his protege, Timothy, he kind of sums it up uh, this way. This is 1 Timothy 3.16. He says, without question, this is the great mystery of our faith. Christ, or other translations say God, Christ was revealed in a human body and vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by angels and announced to the nations. He was believed in throughout the world and taken to heaven in glory. 
You didn't know there was a mystery to our, our faith. This is, this is almost a mystery novel of, so, okay, not really. Anyway, this is a good story. The, the elements of this story of God become human, vindicated by his own spirit, announced to the nations, recognized and believed in throughout the world. It's just, it's a good story. So we read it because it's a good story, and we read it because it is good for us. Uh, in his second letter to Timothy, or at least the second of the ones that we have recorded in the New Testament, Paul writes this, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. God uses what is in here to equip us to live the life of meaning that we've been talking about. It's a good story, and it is good for us. And for those of us who have turned our life story over to God, who said, yes, I want you to lead my life to, to author this story, well, we bear God's name like a book bears the author on the front cover. We are carrying God's name with us. And if we're going to do that, it is important to know the one whose name we bear. An Old Testament prophet named Jeremiah put it this way in uh, chapter 15, verse 16. Lots of verse 16s this morning. When I discovered your words, he said, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, O Lord God of heaven's armies." We bear the name of God, and if we bear his name, if we are carrying his name with us, we should know the name of the one, we should know the one whose, whose name we bear. So if you can join us this summer, we would love to get in the habits together of doing the things that help us know and trust and love our God better. And the beauty of this is that uh, this book or the YouVersion app on your phone goes with you anywhere. So wherever you're traveling this summer, you can keep up with us uh, reading through the New Testament in 90 days. Between now and then, we want to spend some time getting to know the backstory. What is this book? What is it for? What story is it telling? And so for those of you who feel like you know this book you spent a lot of years around this book. You have dug into it personally. You've got good habits of connecting with God through Scripture on a regular basis already. I ask that for the next few weeks and, and on into this summer, that you come with the knowledge that this book is uh, forever deep and that there are things that we can learn and know about this book and most certainly about the God who it, whose story is is in it, whose desires, whose heart is revealed in it. Now, we also know that for many, many people, connecting with what's in the Bible is difficult for one reason or another. It might be because of people like me who stand up here and we like to talk about the story behind the story behind the story and, and maybe it all starts to feel like there's too much going on and I don't really understand all of that stuff and so I just am not really gonna bother. Maybe it just feels like a chore or it's boring or it just looks so good on your shelf, you just hate to move it. 
Whatever it might be, uh, we are not going to do the guilt trip thing. We're not here to, to push or shame people into doing anything. There's just an invitation, an invitation that we believe comes from God himself to get to know him, to get to know who he is, get to know his heart, not just know about him, not just knowledge, but really get to know him. Studies of our country say that the vast majority of people, depending on what study you look at, 80 to 90% of people believe in some sort of higher power, that there is some sort of God-like being out there somewhere. And yet for many, many people, that, that being, that God is distant, powerful, judgmental, ready to smite people at the smallest thing they do wrong. Or, or maybe it is a God who sits up there soft and weak and just kind of looking down and going, oh, can't you guys just all get along down there? Just stop hurting each other. And there's so much more to this God. And God did not, did not hide distant. He's not afraid of engaging with us and our mess. He's not shocked by the mess that we're in. He's not caught unaware or surprised or unplanned for the things that are going on in your life and mine and the world around us. And God has revealed himself to us. He didn't stay distant. He, he didn't create us and then shove us out of the nest and say, I'll see you when you die. God has engaged with us. He has made his character and his heart available to us. He's, he's revealed himself in his story. You might even say that God is an open book. You just have to open the book. See what we did there? That's, yeah, that's okay. That's as bad as the puns get this morning, I promise. I promise it's not getting any worse. Okay. I feel like that's a fair warning after that one. It's not getting... Not getting any worse than that. All right. When, when we say that God is inviting us to be in relationship with him, that truth is revealed in Jesus, but it didn't start with Christ become human. From the very beginning, God has been engaging in relationship and inviting us as humanity into relationship with him, inviting us to be close to him. From Adam and Eve at the very beginning through his chosen people, the Israelites, whether they were wandering around the desert or living in the promised land, whether they were doing great or messing things up, which they did a lot, all the way through to the followers of Jesus, God is inviting us to be close to him, to get to know him. God has been close to us, close to his people, loving and protecting, forgiving and teaching so here's the, the question, all that, all that lead up to the question we want to ponder and dig into this morning. How do you get to know God? How do you get to know God? On the one hand, it's an impossible question. I mean, if, if we could wrap our mind around everything that God is, he would, in many senses, cease to be God. If we could say, well, this is the box God fits in. I now understand God. Well, then we would be capable of God-level thinking, and, and we're simply not. 
And yet, over and over again, God invites us to try. To try to get to know him. To know him better. To engage in relationship with him. Now, before we go any further into this, though, I, I do want to pause and, and have us each kind of check in with our heart and mind and, and make sure that this question leaves us in some sort of awe. We're invited to get to know God. God wants to not only personally know you, but he wants you to personally know him. Most religions are, are built around a God who is distant, either brooding and angry or self-focused and unengaged. But, but Yahweh, the one true God, invites us into relationship, actually wants you to experience his love. Love by its very nature is shared. He wants to share it with you no matter what you've done, no matter what your backstory is, no matter what you think you've earned or deserve or what you think you don't earn or deserve, he wants you to experience his love. He wanted this so badly that he incarnated in the person of Jesus Christ and he promised to love each and every one of us unto death. And he died to cover our shame. And he raised from the dead to give us new life. Life with him, starting in this moment. Life eternal. Life in the presence of God. Jesus taught us that if we have seen Jesus, he would say to his followers, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. That as we know Jesus, we know God. So most certainly, any attempt to get to know God starts with getting to know Jesus, which is why Jesus' offer to people was not come and learn, it was come and see, come and follow, come and get to know. So we wanna get to know God. We're invited to come and follow, to come and know. So let's back up just a little bit, take this to maybe a more basic level. How do you get to know anybody? How do you get to know a, a person? There are probably a number of ways. I think, not being a sociology expert, I think this boils down to probably three things, maybe one key one and a couple of branches from it. So here those are. The best of my ability, I think if you do these three things, you will get to know somebody. The first is that you spend time with them. Right? That's how you get to know somebody. You spend time with them. You do life with them. You have conversations with them. You see them around other people. You do things they like to do. You learn their quirks and the things that make them unique. And then as you uh, get to know them, there's a couple of things that I think will, will develop from that. Because if, if you're spending time with somebody trying to get to know them, I suppose one caveat here is you could spend lots of time with people, but if you do all the talking, 
uh, you're not going to get to know them very well. They may get to know you. You may learn a couple of things about them. You may learn they are a very good and patient listener, but that may be all you get to know about them. So some of what we need to do as we're spending time with somebody is we need to listen. Part of how we get to know people is we listen to them. Specifically, we listen to know their desires and their story. We get to know their desires and their story. I mean, when we're talking about getting to know a person, what do we really mean? What does it mean to know a person? I think it means to know their desires and their story. To know the things that they want, what moves them. Not just what do they give lip service to, but what actually moves their actions and adjusts their priorities. What are their goals? What do they want their future to look like? What do they want for the people around them? What people and what kind of people do they want around them? And then we get to know their story, their history, the joys that they've experienced, the pain that they've gone through, the things that they've overcome to get to this moment. Essentially, we're getting to know what led them up to this present time, what brought them to this moment, and then what propels them forward from this moment. What are those desires and dreams and goals? And you spend time with somebody because you're not going to get to this in the first conversation more than likely. Some people are very open, and that's awesome. Most of us, it's gonna require some spending some time together, earning trust, building into these conversations, asking deeper questions. And as you earn the right to ask deeper questions, you'll get to hear more and more, and you'll begin to really know them. And then as you spend time with them, and spend time in community with them, the other thing that's going to happen is you're going to learn their impact on other people. You're gonna learn their impact on other people. And this is going to tell you a lot about them. And by the way, these three things, I really think work for any get to know kind of situation. This will work for business interviews. This will work for dating. Uh, my dad actually uh, was dating a woman in, in middle school after my mom had passed away and uh, and he got engaged to this woman because as he got to know her and spent time with her, he enjoyed being around her. As he heard her story of what she had overcome in her life, he was moved by that story. But as he spent more and more time with her and more and more time around her family, he realized the impact she was having on other people and realized the impact that she was going to end up having on his children and decided that he didn't want to go there. And I'm very grateful that he chose us over her. But he spent time with her and he got to know her and he got to see the impact that she had on other people. This works in, in business uh, circumstances. I heard the story of uh, a guy, and he owns the business, so he can interview however he wants to. Uh, but he likes to bring people in for an interview and they have conversations, but then they go do something together. And one of his favorites is to take them out to lunch. And he's got a restaurant he goes to on a regular basis. So he'll call them and say, hey, I'm coming with an interview. And they know what that means. That means that, they, that he wants them to mess up the other person's order on purpose because he wants to see what they'll do when something doesn't go their way. What impact do they have on the people around them? Because it's one thing for somebody to be in a conversation with you if you have some sort of power over them or they're trying to impress you in some way. But how somebody treats those that they have 
power over or they're in a position over in some way or they could see as being beneath them. Well, now you're gonna get to know a lot about a person. The way someone treats those who serve them or their peers is gonna tell you a lot about who they are. Okay, so now let's make the parallels that uh, some of you may be making already anyway. These three things also are part of how we get to know God. For instance, getting to know God will involve spending time with him. So one action step to getting to know God is to spend time in prayer and scripture, to spend time in prayer and scripture. And I know that your time feels very, very precious. But part of how we get to know somebody is we actually give them our time. We open up our time to them. God has invited you to converse with him. Again, that's crazy. The God who created the birds that we can hear chirping and the flowers outside that some of us like right now and some of us don't, the God who made the sun and the rain, that God wants you personally to get to know him and know his love for you. He wants to hear what's on your heart. He wants to converse with you. And then, side note, sort of. Wouldn't it be great if when you're getting to know somebody and, and you just, you really want to know their story and, and, and their desires, their dreams, and, and you don't really want any spin on it. You just want what's happened and, and some real clear outlines of, of where things are going. Wouldn't it be great if that person could just hand you like a manifesto, like, here's what I believe Here's my story. Now, the truth is, if you were interviewing somebody and they walked in and handed, here's my manifesto. You'd be like, okay, that's weird. But it would be very helpful to getting to know them. Also, I'd imagine first date, that would also be weird. I'm not recommending that either. If you have a manifesto, good for you. I don't know many who do, but good for you, I think, depending on what's in it. Uh, but, but maybe not on the first date, maybe, I don't know, three, four, I don't know what manifesto date is, but uh, whatever that is, maybe save it for later. It would be so much nicer to get to know somebody that way. It's like, oh, here it all is, written down for me, I can read it. Some of you are like, that's really weird, I don't like reading, I like getting to know people, I don't want a manifesto. Okay, fair enough. The analogy falls apart very quickly, but, but God has given us written down his story. He has given us his desires and dreams. He has told us about himself and about what he wants for us, for all of us, and for each of us individually. God gave us a whole book. God invites us to get to know him. And we go, Eh, it's a little hard to understand. I, I, I don't know that I want to get to know him that way. Eh, it's a little boring. I'd rather have a more entertaining way. Like, like if somebody could, could write songs that I, I were, you know, could get stuck in my head, and I, I get to know God that way, that, 
be good. Uh, or somebody else. Like if I could just show up somewhere and sit down for 30 minutes and have somebody stand up and tell me about him, well, that, that would be a lot better. And I wouldn't have to do it myself. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with either of those things. But imagine you wanted to get to know my kids, which I think my kids are amazing and totally worth getting to know. And so you came to me and said, tell me about your kids. I could tell you all about them. I've been around their whole life. I know lots about them. And because I know lots about them, I could tell you so much about them that you would know them pretty well. I could tell you that my youngest is eight. When she talks, she sort of talks like a six-year-old, like her voice sounds like a six-year-old, but it kind of comes with a 16-year-old attitude, and she sort of sounds like she's 36. And I'm not really sure how she does all of that, but she does. And you go, okay, maybe I can picture that. But until you actually talk to her, until you actually spend some time with her and get to know her, you're not going to understand what makes her her. You're not going to know her uniqueness and her quirks, the things that make her who she is. You're going to have some picture in your brain that, that you've constructed based on what I've said, but you haven't actually experienced her. That's not actually how we get to know people. We get to know them by spending time with them. And we get to know them by listening to them. One of our tendencies with God is to show up and do all the talking. So part of how we get to know God, don't do all the talking. Don't do all the talking. Yes, God wants to hear, wants to hear what's on your heart, wants to hear your story and your desires because he knows everything about you and he wants you to open up to him. Nothing's hidden from him anyway, so open up. You can tell him all about it. But don't just show up to God with your laundry list of wishes and dreams. One of the ways that people have been showing up to God for centuries and centuries is through a Jewish prayer called the Shema that we find in Deuteronomy chapter six. And, the, and it's called the Shema because that's the first word of this prayer. Shema means listen, but it doesn't just mean let information go in your ears. It means listen like we tell our kids, hey, I need you to listen to me. Like we hear it and we understand and we're going to act on it. Listen, here's, here's the Shema written down. It's Deuteronomy chapter six, starting in verse four. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. The first word is listen, but then it quickly turns to relationship. Listen, hear it. Hear what God has to say to us and then respond by loving him with everything that you are. Mind, body, soul, strength, with our everything. When you pray, take time to listen. And I know for some of you, that's gonna sound and feel weird. And you're like, that's one of those weird things that those Christian God churchy people do that I don't really understand. And I, I get it. 
Some people I know feel like they have heard the audible voice of God. Some people get an impression of some sort. Some people write it off and say, well, that's just your conscience talking, or, well, that's just in your subconscious. This week, I heard somebody describe a story where they'd gotten in a, in a pretty big accident, actually, and, and they heard God speak to them in the middle of this mess they were in. And they described it as hearing a voice that was everywhere and nowhere at the same time. And I, I resonate with that in some way, that, that when I have felt like God is talking to me, when God is calling me for something big or something momentary, it's a voice that is everywhere and nowhere at the same time. I don't know what it would be for you. I know that if we went around this room and just asked people to share their experience, some people would say, I, I don't have that experience. Some people would say, well, it, it sounds like this. We, we'd have a number of different descriptions of what it sounds or feels like to hear from God. What we do know is that God wants to converse with us not just take our dreams list, ju not just know what's on our heart, although that too, but wants us to get to know him, to hear his heart and his dreams, to know his love personally. So take some time in prayer to listen, to try to, to silence your brain Silence your body to give God space and room to show up and speak. And I can't tell you what's going to happen for you. I'm certainly not going to speak for God and, and tell you that you're going to hear something. But as you do this, as you develop a habit, as you do this day after day, just take a few days. Say, okay, I'll give it a shot for this week, a few minutes for a few days. Maybe all that happens is that it shifts your view of God from one who is there for your list to someone to be in relationship with. Or this question I think it's been clarifying for me this week, so hopefully it will be for you as well. When you open this book, when you go to scripture, are you showing up for you or for God? And what I mean by that is, is as you open this up, are you showing up, okay, God, I, I really, I could, I could really use some, some wisdom today. I, God, I want, you, I want you to speak to me. I want you to tell me, I, I got this decision I need to make. Or, God, I, I know I really messed up, so I, I really need some, some comfort from you or, or some challenge from you. Are you showing up for you? Or do you open this up and say, God, I just want to know you. God, I want to know you better today. I want to know more about you. I want to know who you are. God, speak to me of, of you. 
Are we, are we showing up hoping that we get some benefit out of it or are we showing up to know God better simply because God invited us to get to know him better? Now, I am willing to promise that as you get to know God better, there will be benefit for you in that. But are you showing up for you for some knowledge or reward or are you showing up for God? In scripture, we get to learn God's desires, his heartbreak, his expectations, and his story. We just have to receive those words. And then the other thing we learn in scripture is we learn about God's people. Specifically, we learn about the impact God has on those people. So if part of learning about others is seeing the impact they have on the people around them, then certainly part of learning about God is going to be learning the impact he has on others. So to get to know God, we need to learn with and from people. We need to learn with and from people. Maybe it's people recorded in scripture. Maybe it is other people who are following after God. When we learn from the people in scripture, we learn their ups and downs. We learn from their stories what God's impact is on their life. When we're in community of other people who are trying to get to know God, we get to ask questions or maybe simply carry some questions around with us. Like, what impact has God had on your life? What do you like about God? What has he done for you? Maybe even what do you like most about him? And then as we listen for those answers, we get to know both God and the people a little better. Through Jesus, God is inviting you to get to know him. God is inviting you into relationship. God's inviting you to get to know his heart for you and for the world. So spend time with him. Listen, learn, spend time in this book. Hear the stories, hear his heart. Hear the heart of a God who loves you and wants good for you. You and I have the opportunity to know the God of the universe. What an incredible privilege that we've been given by him. So let's take advantage of that opportunity. And let's, uh, let's thank him for that privilege. Will you pray with me? Father God, we are grateful that you have made a way for us to be in relationship with you. That through Jesus's death and resurrection, your heart is revealed to us. That through your scripture, through your word, we can know you more. God, help us to move beyond knowing about you, beyond hearing stories from other people, beyond knowing some facts, having some stories or verses memorized, to actually knowing you, knowing your heart for each one of us, knowing your heart for the people around us, the people we love, the people who drive us crazy, the people on opposite sides of whatever it may be. 
God, would you reveal your heart to us in new ways this week? That we would know you more. And in knowing you, we would grow to trust and love you more. Father, thank you for that opportunity. Thank you for this privilege to be in relationship with you. Help us to not take it for granted, but to lean in and know you better. We pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you for checking out our podcast. Find out more or connect online at easthillsalliance.org.